everybody and welcome to Always Foolish, a positive Doctor Who podcast. If you've listened to the trailer, you'll know what we're about, but as a quick summary, on this podcast we look at those episodes of Doctor Who that perhaps people don't like as much and try and find the positive cool exciting elements in it um lifted up maybe suggest a few edits here and there and i am joined in my quest for positivity by my good friend this is where you forgot my name have you I, I, yeah i was just not sure whether you'd forgotten I my name for, I, you might say okay. your name uh but yeah but yeah but i know my name <laughs> yeah you do it's tom this is tom yeah, yeah my name's tom hi everyone I, what? Yeah, you're right. I just saw for a moment it was as no, if no. You were I see. A I see what. No, I see what you were thinking. I see what you were thinking. It's just <laughs> that we you? didn't really, we didn't prepare that. No, we didn't. So prepare I just thought that. that you'd forgotten. No, you're right. You're right. And I summarised it much quicker than we expected me yeah. to. So um, that, but is that is true. That yeah. is what we do. And yeah. this is not our, one of our main episodes, although it will have gone out alongside one of our main episodes. This is just like Probably a little. If you're listening to this, then you will know by now which one it was and how organised we were. Uh, in three years, when this is the only thing on the feed, this is yeah. going to come with like they'll find like the space pirates, and somehow this will be attached. <laughs> <laughs> like space, okay, space pirates episode one, space pirates episode two. Always this foolish, weird interview. Fun interviews. No space pirates episode four. It's not there. Didn't need it. I don't know, know what happens. There's some pirates. They're in space. They They're go around space, pirating things. Accurate. They don't have jetpacks, which makes them less. Or maybe they do. I actually don't know. I don't know anything about the space pirates. I mean, were jetpacks even, were jetpacks even invented in 1969? Were jetpacks invented in 2023? Well, Quite no, they were invented. Bef- they were invented before. Do we have jetpacks people? are real. Oh, sick! I'll get one. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know whether they're at Halfords yet. First question, are jetpacks at Halfords? <laughs> okay, so what this is going to be is a little set of interviews, uh, little questions as asking each other some Doctor Who-related questions to get to know our personalities. I do suspect yeah. the first two minutes of this, this have already, um, really already done that, but we, yeah. can, we can keep going. I mean, my, my personality is uh, has... Wants to think about where when jetpacks were invented, and your personality is uh, quite earnestly explained to people what an interview was, which is where it's we ask each other questions. Yeah, I don't think that's my personality is that, or possibly just like setting fire to things. It really depends on which way the wind's blowing. Yeah, so if the wind's blowing towards you, you wouldn't set fire to something because of the burning sparks coming towards no, you. No, I would because I'm a daredevil, okay. I'm a risk taker. I'm like popular character Clara Oswald. <laughs> My first question, which I'm going to put to Tom, which is when did you first find out about Doctor Who? When did you first get into it? Oh, right. So the first, um, I first got into Doctor Who, um, Christmas Day 2007. Voyage of the Damned is the first episode that I remember watching wow, the I whole of. That. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, you're learning new things about me yeah, all the time. Good, it wasn't the, the first bit of the show I'd ever seen because I'd caught a little bit of, I think it was Doomsday, uh, while my parents were watching it, I just sort of like wandered through the room. Uh, I know specifically the scene. Like Rose, it's... wandering through the Doctor's life, very similar. Yeah, just like that, yeah. Uh, but specifically the scene that I saw as I walked through the room was the bit where uh, Jake pops out of the lift and says, you could always <laughs> take the lift. And then they go up the <laughs> lift and it's playing dramatic no music. Context. And I was like, Excellent. Yeah, well, I remember thinking, yeah, this Doctor Who show, I don't know what to make of it at all. I knew about it because everybody at school had their but trading But I want to buy lifts. a lift. 
Yeah, it's mostly about lifts. Yeah. That can I can I do you want to ask the question to me then, as you've just mentioned the trading cards? I would. Okay. Gosh, David, when did you first get into Doctor Who? What a surprising question. Well, the year would have been two thousand and six. If not for. If not for no, it was. What? Okay, okay. Well, you said the year <laughs> no, would no, have been 2006. <laughs> the year would would have been 2006, but actually it was 2011. <laughs> no, the year, was, the year was 2006, and it was when Doctor Who Battles in Time cards came out. I vaguely knew what Doctor Who was because my mum had said to me, I used to watch this when I was a kid, and... yeah. I like was vaguely aware of this. I think my mum would like plonk me in front of it for a minute and like no boring old people thing there and you know like gone off and play with my Hot Wheels or whatever I did. Yeah. For this is not for me. This is like a parent thing. Oh boy, how wrong they were. <laughs> By they I mean me. Uh, so I go to school and I've got all the Battles in Time trading cards and I'm like and for those who don't know those were for Chris Jackson's first series and David Tennant's first series. Chris Jackson's last series. Yeah, this was last series as well. Tragedy. Bar- borrowing some pretty major things going to happen in the sixth year. I actually did see an exclusive set leak that reveals that Chris Jackson's going to be the 16th Doctor. Yeah. And then but it's going to slowly he... work backwards. And then uh, what? Yeah, McGann yeah. is the 18th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sylvester it, McCoy well. is the 20th. Finally, McGann will be a canon Doctor. Okay. No, 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 no. no. You can't say that this early in the podcast. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll, I'll bleep it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like... I don't care what the show is. I want those cards to be in the cool crowd. So I went up to someone who yep. I won't name and I was like, can I have one of your Doctor Who cards? And he was like, no, these are mine, which is fair enough in retrospect. So I got some from home and it was, I got the cards before watching an entire episode and <laughs> I don't know, that that hooked me. What was really mm-hmm. weird was when I came to watch uh, Dalek and when I came to yeah. watch Rose, which I had to buy on DVD from Toys R Us. This is how oh. old we are. I know yeah. it had the it had the like white, the really tough plastic, oh, like yeah, around yeah. the yeah, like I know the what you mean. two strips. I I recognised a fair few chunks of Rose, so I must have watched Rose, which means that Rose was probably the first episode of Doctor Who I watched. But uh, but I guess the first episode I properly properly remember being excited for and watching was Smith and Jones. Yeah, so I'm around like one year behind you then, I think, because I... You are one year watched... younger than me, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I am yeah, one year so younger than you, so it all makes sense. It does. Yeah, because I, I watched um, a fair few episodes from Series 4 when it came out. I remember, I think the first six or so up to Doctor's Daughter, Missed Unicorn on the Wasp for some reason, and then Saw Silence in the Library and was absolutely You saw the signs about Gareth Roberts even then. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah. a very astute child. I was, yeah. I knew exactly where it was going, yeah. That got me into Agatha Christie, that episode. Like, yeah, So I, right. I then read a lot of Agatha Christie books at school. Uh, although Death in the Sky is not the best one. Hmm. But whatever, that's, that's a separate thing. Murder on the Links is the best one, but that's besides the point. I'll check it out. I, don't know. I have point. no idea if that's a rogue opinion in the Agatha Christie community. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you can start an Agatha Christie podcast alongside no. this one. <laughs> the Agcast. Yeah, oh, I, the Agcast. <laughs> Or not like um, Chris TV. That would just be about someone called Chris, surely. It's just the Christopher Eccleston podcast. By him or about him? Or both? Oh, no, about. He won't, he'll refuse to be in it. Because we okay, have Russell yeah. on as exec producer, so... Uh, so, uh, just a segue, yeah. neat segue. What's your favourite episode of Doctor Who? This is a podcast about things we like. So what's, what's your favourite episode? I mean, my favourite episode is 
the obvious one is Heaven Sent. I think Heaven Sent is uh, yeah, like, okay. the best yeah. episode of the show that I've ever seen. I, I almost feel kind of that that's the, a boring answer. I know that it's not everyone's favourite episode. Like, it's, it's obviously amazing, and mm-hmm. I think it's one of those ones that's recognised. Just, it's like an extraordinary episode of television. I mean, I think it's, techni- it's technically flawless. On those grounds, I'd have to say it's my favourite, but... My sort of my favourite episode, apart from Heaven Sent, I feel is a more Journey interesting question. Yeah, and that's uh, Extremis. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I, I do. I, again, Extremis is a bit. I think it's probably a bit marmitey. I mean, I'm sure we'll mm-hmm. get to that one eventually. I love Extremis as well. I watched it and thought this is yeah. this is just exactly what I want from Doctor Who. It's bizarre. Yeah, it's a bit up itself, uh, which, but in a way, I like. <laughs> it's just yeah. weird. I've no idea where it's going. It's full of absolutely crazy ideas. It quotes Tom Lehrer. It has numerous twists and ends with the revelation that the Doctor has just been sitting there for 45 yeah, minutes yeah. watching a I Doctor Who episode. I had a friend that did like it because at the end, I don't think he loved the thing, but I think he thought it was fine. But he didn't mm-hmm. realise it was like a multi-parter. So he was just like, what's the point of that? Right, yeah. Simulation, who cares? Like, which is fair. If you don't know it's a multi-parter, you're going to be like, what? I don't know. In some ways, I I'd, I think I'd still be defending it if it were just a standalone one because I would, of how but it, it sort it's of ended. The better one of any, of all three, anyway. Yeah, I can, I cannot wait for us to get on to the the monks trilogy as a whole <laughs> because I've got a lot of thoughts about how to fix Lie of the Lands. I don't, but I will in the future. Well, you'll be told my thoughts forcibly. Do you have a question for me? Uh, yes, David. Actually, um, oh, since we're on the subject. What yeah, is your yeah. favourite episode of Doctor Who? Oh my god, I didn't expect to be asked this. Um, yeah. Well, it, uh, it's uh, actually it's Heaven Set. No, it's not actually. Um, although Heaven Set is fantastic. <laughs> One that is now my favourite that I came to was A Christmas Carol. And A Christmas Carol yeah. is my favourite episode of Doctor Who, which I'm not sure is a thing that a lot of other people would say. I think a lot of people would have it in their top 10, but you're right, Maybe. I don't know how many people would have it as a favourite. Yeah. And it's basically, I watched it and I was like, rubbish. Yeah. Didn't like it. Mm-hmm. There's no action. There's nothing happening. It's all like sweet and melodrama. And, ah, I don't like it. It's fine. Uh, and then I came back to it. And I think what strikes me about it is that it is it is Doctor Who. Yeah. If I wanted to show someone what the the most magical version of Doctor Who is, it's this. It's, this is the Doctor. Yeah. This is a dude who cares so much about people. He will destroy someone's life to save it it's got the most yeah. like i think the, the mechanics of it are genius the music mm-hmm. is fantastic uh it's sad the 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 core hooks with abigail's terminal illness and stuff really really yeah. sad uh, michael gambon's obviously fantastic in it it's just a beautiful spectacular episode and one thing that makes me understand that a bit is it's written by steve moffat but the outline was a paul cornell episode he never got to write Oh, really? I, did, I didn't know yeah. that, actually. So that explains a fair amount, I think, because it's a mm-hmm. Paul Cornell plot, but written by Stephen Moffat. We've talked about Christmas Carol several times since I, you've not told me that before. Yeah, I, I can't remember where I read that. It might have been on Paul Cornell's blog. It'd be absolutely hilarious if he were just trying to take credit for it. And then <laughs> <laughs> there was a comment immediately below by Stephen Moffat being like, Paul, you, you did it. So, <laughs> I've made, that's not true. I've, I've made a rival mailing list just to, just to yeah. say this. <laughs> I wrote Heaven Sent as well, originally. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Tom, next question. What do you reckon a Dalek tastes like and how is it best cooked? <laughs> Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, you've been no, ready you're... for this. You're preparing for this. Come on. Sorry, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I did prepare for well, this. And, uh, Taskmaster rules. Your time starts now. Right, okay. So the obvious thing to say that it tastes like would be like calamari, but I don't think it mm-hmm. does. 
I think right. it's got the texture of calamari, definitely. Okay. I think that it, I think it's meatier. I think it's really, really meaty. <laughs> oh, they, they're being cooked oh, in their own juices. Listen, those oh, things, man, those things are going around in a big metal tank all the time, right? It's going to be yes. like a flipping greenhouse in there. It's going to be heating up so much they'd be sweating. They'd be marinating themselves. Yep, I've never yeah, you heard the me. Daleks are sweaty. <laughs> yeah, and God willing, neither of us ever will again. But here we are. Um, human Daleks are marinating themselves. Yeah, he has a bit. Yeah. <laughs> He's got... Yeah. He's licking his lips, like, like licking his Dalek yeah. lips. But anyway, best way, to, best way to cook it, I think. So it's already got that flavour sort of sunk into it. So I think we want, we want to fry it. Um, I'm wondering yep. whether we want to sort of like put a... Um, what's it called? Where, a rub? Uh, like a, a garnish <laughs> sort of thing? Sort of around the marinade? outside of it. Yeah, well, yeah, no, but I've already said marinade. marinade. Yeah, uh, so okay. I'm thinking what we want to do is, um, yeah, maybe we roll it in flour, okay. and then oh, that flour okay. is with, I, I want to say sumac, quite a lot of sumac yeah. on it. Which is um, sumac. Yeah, you were going to say that as soon as I said sumac, I thought it's only a matter of time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think you fry, I think you sort of um, fry it, maybe you sort of flame grill it first, and then sort of quite, sl- like kind of keep it on a low heat for a while. So that it's not too <laughs> chewy in the middle. Simmers. Do you have a name? Do I have a name for it? Yeah, what the dish is. This is like sort of like Dalek goujons. Yeah, Dalek bread. Dalek bread? I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's got flour. It's got flour in it. Dalek cannelloni you could have also made. Could do that, yeah. I'm actually quite hungry now, yeah. Well, uh, good, good, maybe? Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I uh, should move on to my question for you. Um, oh, again, pretty standard interview question. Yeah. If you were in early human history and had the chance, mm-hmm. what a, what animal out of all of the animals would you have domesticated so that we had them everywhere today? The Dalek? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... For foods, yeah. I should know. I'm a zoologist, background-wise, so I should know... But I was I, setting you up for saying that, yeah. The obvious ones, like there's the, the mammoth, the woolly mammoth, and that was what I was going to say, because I do love elephants. Yeah. Uh, there's the mastodons, I mean, it can be an like, animal that's still around today. No, no, I've got, I've got the answer, but... Like, you can um, say ostrich. Gonna, like, show that I know okay. ones that... Yeah, yeah a crocodile, that, no. Uh, yeah. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, it's, got, it's gone well for everyone, you've got to admit. The, the mastodons, saber-toothed tigers, they're all good. Giant the ground really, sloths. really, really, really huge... Them. Dal, don't steal that from me. Sorry, uh, sorry. The giant turtles. And what I was going to say, because me yeah. and Tom's such same wavelength, is yes, I would have domesticated the giant ground sloths. And I think That's the real answer. obvious answer for that is, it's not about transport, right? We get transport from horses and, and the wheel. Yeah. Right, the wheel's coming. The wheel's coming soon. Yeah. Uh, so it's fine. Uh, the wheel is always only 50 years away. Yeah. It's like space elevators. I've still not got there. Yeah, working Twitter. Working Twitter, no, that existed, but did exist. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's fifty <laughs> years away, but in the other direction. Yeah, yeah, uh, it certainly feels that way. Yeah, uh, but the yeah, no giant ground sloths. I think what they can provide that none of the other domesticated animals can provide. Uh, yeah, don't don't want it for their meat. No, no, yep. living hammocks. Oh, they just hang yeah, there. Yes, you're right. They're chill. They're soft. They can hug you. They they love you because you're their friend. They're just chilling out. They're also really tall, so they could be used in the construction industry as, like, cherry pickers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what we don't do is hunt them to extinction. Yeah, what kind kind of idiot would do that? The thing in this field is, did we hunt them all to extinction? Did we just destroy their habitat? Were we hunting them as they were going extinct anyway? Yeah, 
Yeah, so, um, and we don't know, because sadly, unlike in popular television series Doctor Who, if you ever heard of it, time travel does not exist. Mm. Um, no. Okay, so that brings me on to actually, uh, I actually have another Doctor Who question. Okay, yeah, go on. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk more about that. Uh, I like that show. Yeah, me too. Uh, do you have a favourite Doctor? Well, um... You can answer just yes or no, you'd have to... Yes. <laughs> let's move on. I mean, I've, listen, I've, al- I've already said my... Yeah, two, my yeah, fav- top two episodes are Heaven Sent and Extremist. So yeah, like Peter yeah. Capaldi is like the definitive portrayal for me. Yeah, but equally, all of them do. I mean, it's a cliche. All of them bring something quite distinct to the role. I've there've been yeah. There's there's none that I dislike. I think they're all absolutely amazing. There's and... no bad Doctor Who's. Yeah, there's just none. None of them are bad. There's no bad options. Uh, right from Hartnell through to Jodie. And yeah. presumably, like Shooty as well, and David Tennant too. There's no bad Doctor Who's. Mm. They're all good enough actors that they've done yeah. something interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That be- that being said, yeah. Whenever people say, yeah. you know, who's your favourite Doctor, I say Capaldi. He's not as in the first. He's not the first one I started with. The first one I saw was no, Tennant. No. The first one that I was yeah, yeah. really, really into Doctor Who for was Matt Smith, um, mm. because it was in the. Like, as I said, I watched series four in dribs and drabs, and. Uh, was too scared, too scared of silence in the library to watch all of it. And my parents uh, <laughs> watched Midnight before I did, and then afterwards sat me down and said, "We think that maybe it's in your interest <laughs> that you don't watch this right now, given how you reacted so, to the one last week." You had your um, daily meeting. You you gave them their performance review. And yeah, they sat, they they sat me down, and gave advice. me the debrief on the whole thing. All right, yeah, uh, David, um, do you have a favourite Doctor? Oh my gosh, I can't believe you dare ask me that. How dare you? <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, I do. And boring answer, it is Peter Capaldi. It was David Tennant. Grew up with him. Why didn't we get more diversity of opinion on this podcast? We've got the hidden druids that's our, yeah, that's, the that lives in the shadows. Thing. And they, they have different... Yeah, well, the dark shadowlings that live on the outskirts of our world do have different opinions. But yes, there's a reason we're doing this podcast. Peter Capaldi's my favourite Doctor. Not from Series 8. I didn't really like so he's like, oh, at least I said I liked it because I really wanted to. But actually, mm. having then seen Series 9, I was like, oh, no, this is what I want. Pretty immediately, I think, from okay, like, yeah. Magician's Apprentice, he just became my favourite Doctor. But then, like, yeah, it was Tennant from the classic series. And one for, like, the underdog. I like Doctor... I like Doctor so did you say it was uh, te- Tennant from the classic series? I know I was continuing on an anecdote. Okay. Uh, that hadn't finished yet. Okay, got you. Sorry, I wasn't sure how to punctuate it. No, no, no. That's... that's It's okay. Just rate me over the coals. All right. Never foolish. <laughs> Hate is always foolish, Tom. Love is always kind. Mind. Yeah. Love is always kind. It's like a oh, sitcom. It's, it's, it's also wise. It's also wise, Love isn't it? It's not kind. kind. Love is always wise. <laughs> yeah, but we're kind and wise. No, so, and then from the classic series, it was McCoy, because I like the kind of, I like underdogs. I tend to like characters that people don't like. I think, particularly, I mean, his first series isn't fantastic but his second two series are yeah. phenomenal and to be fair i think his first series is a lot better than people give it credit for as well yeah i, I do as well um i like paradise towers a lot actually mm-hmm. you know as you might know i've i've heard some big finish audios and he's yeah. phenomenal in them mm-hmm. and yeah no he's just i just love this thing that him and capaldi both brought which was they were just interesting and different and i think because we had tenant and smith who i mean that's just weird and sort of quirky but mm-hmm. underlying him and Tennant is quite a similar energy I yeah think. absolutely and- I think with McCoy and Capaldi there's 
they both have this uh, quality to them that you never quite know how they're going to react to something. Quite mercurial. Yeah. Like I said, I like all the Doctors. Yeah, another favourite Doctor is my is David Warner's Unbound Doctor, which yeah. is not one that would, I think, hit a lot of people's list. Mm-hmm. Sadly, no longer with us, but was was fantastic. Again, you never quite knew how he was going to react to mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah, no, that's that's my favourite Doctor. Tom, I did I did mention Big Finish, didn't I? How about a question for you? Which is, yeah, yeah, it's just I just want to know, do you think, in your opinion, if you had to drink every time I mentioned Big Finish, would you die? Yes. I, yeah, I, well, hang on. Well, do, do you mean drink alcohol? alcohol? Because I think the answer is yeah. the same either I, way. I, I think the answer matter. is yes, either I would way. die anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you drink too you know much water. the story water, of four they... drinking, the, drinking the ocean. Yeah. Uh, when Utgard Loki tricks four into a drinking yeah. contest and he's yeah, drinking yeah. from a, uh, a horn, a horn that's that he cannot drink but he drinks yeah, yeah. like a third of the ocean yeah, yeah. I think that's that's all it's similar to that yeah um, <clears throat> yeah um, I mean they told us in high school once about somebody that had uh, done drugs and then drank 10 pints of water <laughs> and their cells exploded and they died um, so we had balance <laughs> and normal PSHE lessons what school, what school did you get to <laughs> Not actually, I, I don't, I don't think I like, can actually say it here, can I? <laughs> no, of, no. Well, you you know, can, I meant, I meant, kind of yeah. as a joke. But no, I mean, I yeah, it was. As I said, it, it was that's not one of my questions. It was unforgettable claim made by um, a particular teacher. Uh, it was fascinating. It was the most interesting thing they ever said in the five years that I was at that school. To be fair, they told us if if you did drugs, you might die. Well, which is which true. is true. You will die. Eventually. I don't think not it's necessarily causally positive, related. Yeah, yeah didn't, they didn't make any causal statement. <laughs> they were lying to me as well. <laughs> they, if you take drugs, you will die eventually. Yeah. Um, but yes, I think I. Yeah, if the you mentioned Big Finish was a drinking game, I mean, I want to believe that you would be kind enough to take mercy on me and talk about it less. But I just don't know if. No, I talk about can. it the same amount because yeah, I, think I, you would. I wouldn't talk about it more because obviously it's cheating just to get big finish, big finish, big finish, big finish. That's cheating. Yeah, but you know, I would of course, for instance, say I listen to you know the new Once and Future audio today, a genius for it was fantastic. Even acted as a prequel to the Witch's Familiar and introduced how Davros found out about the hybrid. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, just a completely throwaway thing that you haven't been wanting to say to me further duration no, I, I, anyway. I, I, I hadn't i hadn't actually because okay. you know uh you're not gonna listen to them so um, yeah. yeah i mean maybe one day if i obtain an, an enormous amount of money and a lot of free time obviously you not listening to them doesn't stop me talking about yeah them. <laughs> actually yeah my my next question for you is it's fairly similar it's how often do you think about your okay. wrist my wrist yeah oh my god are you at, this is such Alex Horn. Yeah. That's <laughs> happening right now. Yeah. Well, usually, usually never, but now you've said it all the time. Yeah, okay. I'll be. My wrists are usually pretty not painful, to be fair. Like, I do, I sometimes try and do, genuinely do the like auton hand thing, and I will just to try go, and see whether it will kind of fall down. Do you think it's well, going to? I can't one, one day. flick my hand. <laughs> no, I hope not, because that, be, that would be like an unpleasant surprise, because I do need my hands. Yeah, I just do like the hand motion and go fling or pachung yeah. or something. Uh, I do that. Like so when you're out and about, about or just sort of in? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, but I'm, I don't have limited control over my impulses. Do people sit next to you on the bus when you do that? <laughs> I do it when people sit next to me on the bus, <laughs> yeah. and then they stop sitting next to me on the bus. I just go like, is he doing finger guns? No, no. They asked me, is he doing fingers? And I'm sort of doing wrist guns. 
<laughs> yeah, but you might have heard of wrist guns from popular science fiction serial TV, television series Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, have you seen Have you seen the bit from that John Pertwee episode where they just murder loads of people on the street and it's actually pretty dark? I bet a lot of people would say I yes have. to that. That's a, uh, anyway, the wrist thing, I'll be, check, I'll be checking back in on that in... Yeah, you'll see it. Four to six months or so. Well, you won't do that. Again, two weeks, uh, I'll yeah. be seeing you so you can verify... That's true, actually. Yeah, I will, I will ask. <laughs> when... yeah. On the plane, you say, why, why was the plane evacuated? <laughs> <laughs> two hours late. He's got a gun, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> he thinks he does. We're, we're not sure, but uh, he's going to think he quite he's a lot. he's got a gun. Here's a, a question for you, Tom, a totally unexpected question. Okay, yeah. Outside of the, the like actual televised Doctor Who, do you like any of the other Doctor Who stuff, be they like, spin-offs, you know, books, etc., mm-hmm. etc.? Et yes, uh, yes, I do, is the short answer to that. Yeah, I've listened to a few audios, not loads and loads, but more than... Like more than the average person on the street has, but to be fair, that it's not hard. Although we're on BBC Radio Four, yeah. and I've got an anecdote about that. Okay, which well, is I look like, forward to Fenn it soon. Said to me, no, to give you now. Okay. Fenn, <laughs> you can't stop me. Yeah. Fenn said to me, "Oh, have you heard that new John Hurt audio?" And I was like, uh, "What?" Because in my head, I'm thinking he has been dead for like four years mm-hmm. uh, at this point. And then I realised, oh wait, there, yeah, 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 they're putting on the. The first couple of Big Finish uh, War Doctor series, take a drink, yeah. Tom. He was like, what do you reckon about the new Cardinal they've got in there? And that's not a question. I think any Doctor Who fan has ever asked that question. Yeah, what, what do you Cardinal? reckon about the new Cardinal? Well, maybe like kind of Catholic Doctor Who fans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was a bit confused, uh, particularly because Cardinal Lystra, to whom he was referring, again, was introduced in 2015. Yeah. So I was like, what's going on? Um, so I, I imagine the average person might have, even, might have, on average, listened to maybe one. Okay, in which case I've still listened to more than that. I've listened to a few audios, but the main thing that I'm that I followed is I've read quite a lot of the books. I've read quite a lot of the Wilderness Years novels, particularly the Eighth Doctor ones. Yeah. Um, actually, I got into... Virgin the... New Adventures or... Uh, no, the, um, the BBC books, uh, Eighth Doctor yeah. ones. Um, I mean, yeah, some, yeah, so I've come across some of the Virgin New Adventures, but the main reason uh, why I've read so many of the Eighth Doctor books uh, is because, improbably enough, the Norfolk Public Library Service has a surprising number of them, that I, and I discovered this in uh, 2013 or so, ordered quite a lot of them to my local library. Bizarrely enough, very few other people in Norfolk were reading them. I really enjoy them. Um, as a range, it was, you know, not without its problems, but I think that on the whole, a lot of the books are really quite solid. They're all good fun. I've also written some fan fiction. Yeah, um, I, f- oh, I actually finished writing I a short. I that. finished writing a short story today, actually, that I'll send you later. Ooh, yeah, okay. I'll read it in like two years. I will read <laughs> it. I will want to yeah. read it. I'll just be. I'm just bad at things. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. So, uh, David, David, are you into yeah. any of the Doctor Who expanded universe? Nah, sucks. Yeah, fair. Right, uh, I prefer um, Star Wars novels. (laughs) No, yes. Okay, I better answer this. I really, really like Doctor Who. I have, uh, this might come up later, I have (laughs) a lot of hobbies, uh, loads, and I think because of that, I give myself license to really like the things I like. Yeah. And Doctor Who is the only, really the only thing I like that you can like buy lots of tie-ins and stuff for. Yeah. My my main passion, one of my big hobbies outside of Doctor Who, is audio. I love audiobooks. I love podcasts. I'm always listening to them constantly, constantly, constantly. Like every day, I probably listen to like five hours of audio. And then I discovered Big Finish in 2013. <laughs> uh, so I've heard Fortuitous almost all of them. 
I yeah listen to pretty much all the output, not just Doctor Who. Their other stuff is fantastic. Um, I love their Terror Hawk series. The Sherlock Holmes is brilliant. You've talked to me quite a bit about the Dorian Gray. The Dorian Gray is also excellent. First appeared in a Bernie Summerfield audio, actually, their Dorian Gray. Yeah, I was going to say, Dor- Dorian made... Gray himself, like the character of Dorian Gray did not. I yes. don't no, want to break no, no. this well, to you, but that is from an original. <laughs> Have you not read Oscar Wilde's <laughs> treatise on Bernie Professor Sim- Bernie Summerfield brackets Benny? I, brackets, love, I would and then absolutely love extra to brackets, read that. It says when Doctor Who is invented, this will make a lot of verily, sense. This will be really good. Um, verily, close Dave, David, when do you think yeah, Oscar yeah, yeah. Wilde lived? Ah, like two hundred BC. When do you think the word verily lived? <laughs> I'm going to make a guess. Uh, did he? He was alive in. I'm going to say 1893. He was still alive. What are you basing that on? That's very specific. Uh, and basically that on another big Finnish audio yeah. series, Jacob and Lightfoot, oh, where they do meet him. Yeah, late and 19th I know century is right. place yeah. in the 18, 1890s. I do know, I yeah. do know Oscar Wilde. Yeah, the word the word verily is I you know is a bit is a bit before that generally. It's, <laughs> it's heyday. It's heyday was well earlier. as as we could establish. Tom, this man Tom is a historian, so yes, I Tom, am, yeah. I, I believe you about this. Thank you. But then also, yeah, I've read all of the new Who books, like all of them, because my library at school would buy any book that you requested. You had a much nicer school than me. Yeah. They did not do they, that. They, they just told us ourselves would explode if we did drugs. <laughs> I haven't read too many books. Yeah. <laughs> so I um, yeah, so I got them to order all the uh, modern ones. So yeah. I've read all... Maybe it's like a couple I've missed. I think I missed out an Eccleston one. Really like reading. I love books as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, some of them are... They're generally fine. I don't think there's really yeah. any bad ones. There's some very there's good some ones. There's some excellent yeah. ones. Forever Autumn is is, partic- is a particular favourite. My dad touched by an angel bought it me. Yeah, touched by an angel was excellent as well. Yeah. The Many Hands is very very weird, I and I remember again, one, Dad yeah. bought me that at the experience. Once that my dad bought me, it was special to me. Yeah, in fact, all the ones touched by an angel, Paradox Lost, and Borrowed Time Borrowed all time. just came out together. Borrowed Time's incredible. All three yeah. of them are brilliant. Borrowed Time like, would have been a brilliant TV episode. I mean, so are Paradox Lost and yeah. Touched by an Angel. They're all those three are. Yeah. Amazing. And then I also really like the comics. Like, mm-hmm. I discovered them before the audios. Before the O's. <laughs> oh, before the O's, of course. I, I split my life into before the O's and post audios. <laughs> yeah, and I, I sort of just discovered, hey, there's an entire era of Doctor Who, all connected arcs and stories, well, the Eighth Doctor comics at least, that's not that expensive, like, it's like a tenner yeah. for a volume, and it was massive. It would do like an entire holiday read. Really got into Doctor Who magazine comics first. Uh, the Eighth Doctor run on Doctor Who magazine comics is fantastic. Izzy Sinclair, one of my favourite companions. She's fine in the first two volumes, but in um, the third one, Oblivion, which is the first one in colour, it's just an amazing, amazing arc mm-hmm. about her kind of, for reasons I won't spoil, kind of becoming like a monster and having to come to terms with what she looks like. And I think that sort of ties into like her coming out story. Yeah. Brilliant character. I love Izzy. And it's surprising then, how yeah, many um, how many people with the surname Sinclair the Doctor's travelled with, isn't it? There is. There's Helen. There's Izzy. There's Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, probably others. Is there more? The, Maybe Graham. Kind of Graham. Graham changed his name. I'm gonna say Graham changed his name. Okay, yeah, that's our canon. Graham, now, Graham Sinclair. Graham Sinclair, as I always call him. Yeah, Graham Sinclair. Don't you dare. Yeah. Or maybe he can dare. Graham Sinclair, you better dare. <laughs> I'm sorry, I always forget. I always forget that he had that superhero spin-off show. I was going to say, Graham drives a motorbike off a, off a cliff. Well, of course, there are people that do think Ryan and Graham are going to get a Russell era spin-off. Uh, and to them, I say... Good luck with can that. Can you just tell me what you're drinking? Because I'd love, I'd love to have some. And, but yeah, I've not really touched the... I've read like a couple of the past Doctor books. Mm-hmm. I've read 
one Eighth Doctor book, the one they republished. Earthworld. Earthworld. Yeah. And then I have like random, you know, chunks. I've got read some Target books, you know, like the recent the recent targets as well. I've been very much enjoying the recent targets. Yeah, I the Day of the Doctor. I think we'd both agree is the best one. Brilliant. Yeah. It's just the Rose one is very good. Uh, Oh, have you read the Dalek one? Dalek is very good. No, I've got it though. Yeah. Yeah, I basically am into kind of it all, except for the video games. There are some video games. Some people like some of them. Ugh, they're all pretty rubbish. Doxy's never had a good video game, really. Mm. I've played a couple of them. I don't really think there's any other Doctor Who avenues, to be honest, like yeah. fan podcasts and stuff. Again, not a, I wouldn't waste my time listening to a Doctor Who fan podcast, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think the number of people who make podcasts is greater than the number of people who listen to it podcasts. Is. Yeah, I'm free of the people that make podcasts. Hmm. My multiple identities. Listen to <laughs> now. We need to bleep that bit out as well, are we? Uh, go on, why not? Bleep, <laughs> bleep it all out. Anyway, um, I actually have a, I have a question for you, though. Yes. Actually. Which is outside of Doctor Who. What are your main interests that are inevitably going to be constantly referenced? Yep. Well, there's, there's quite a few. Um... And I think I think both of us have got quite a lot of things that we're going to be saying for this, so I'm going to try and just stick yeah, to a few of them. Mysticals. In terms of other fictional media, I've watched quite a bit of other TV, but the the two big TV, the two big other TV shows that I'm probably going to be mentioning now and then. <clears throat> one of them is the X Files. I absolutely love the X Files. I love it at its moments of brilliance and its moments of absolutely baffling nonsense. It's very apparent. I had to make the Simpsons episode. Yeah, I really, really love the X Files. I think it's like era defining television for better and for worse. You know, it spans the spans the gamut of all different types of fiction in a way that it's is very like Doctor Who in a way that it is capable of doing pretty yeah. much every single genre. Uh, sometimes all in like, one episode. On list. Like yeah, I've I I mean I've been telling you this since we first met in twenty seventeen. Have have you? I have a fe- I have a strong feeling that I've mentioned the X Files at the at the first time we met. I don't recall. Yeah, well you were just talking about Big Finish the whole time, weren't you? Um <laughs> Um, so yeah, the other TV show I'm probably going to mention is Stranger Things, and that is oh, yes, at okay. least partially to do with the fact that I have written a <laughs> oh, no. horrifyingly long fan, fan fiction of it. Bleeping this. Yeah, it's uh, around four... What the yeah. popular fan fiction? Yeah, the popular, not very popular, Stranger Things fan fiction that is currently around 400,000 words long, and... Um, has become more of a meditation on American imperialism and the politics of memory than... Uh, normal fan fiction. A few other things I'm probably going to reference. I will probably mention at some point my two favourite novels, which are Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell and Foucault's Pendulum. They're both brilliant novels. I'm not going to uh, sell them here because that would take a very long time because they're both amazing and I have a lot to say about them. Uh, uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell is yeah. long. So is Foucault's Pendulum. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I've not heard of that one. You, you will. You will. <laughs> outside, <laughs> um, outside the world of fiction... Um, outside the land of fiction, I should say. Um, the other thing no. that I may well talk about quite a bit is uh, history, because uh, as David mentioned earlier, I'm a historian. Mm-hmm. I did it at uni and, and in fact, still doing it at uni. I'm uh, two years into a PhD. Um, David, um, outside of Doctor Who, what are your main interests that will inevitably get referenced constantly? 
None. I base my entire personality off Doctor Who, and everyone hates me. Groovy times. Uh, right. Next question. That's just how I. That's just how I feel. I, I hate to be like one of my main interests is having ADHD, but <laughs> it, it kind of is, and it is going to be referenced a lot. I have ADHD. It might be obvious. Uh, that's going to come up a lot. Uh, but I just, I just have so many hobbies. So I love. I love. Um, I will probably talk about them all at some point. I love hiking. I hike a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love reading. Um, as Tom mentioned, I'm a zoologist. I did zoology at uni. I really love animals. There'll be weird animal facts that will just slip their way in. In terms of more like entertainment-y kind of things, though, I really like my kind of like adult animation. No, wait, when I say it like that, it sounds wrong. I like like Simpsons and Futurama. Another show that I know you love as well and that we will be talking about is Taskmaster. Yeah, I don't don't know why. Taskmaster is. Yeah. I'm really into my stand-up, into my comedy. I do some stand-up, I do some comedy. But yeah, and also I do some pottery, some painting, some art. So yeah, uh, who knows? Who knows what could come out of my mouth? It's an entire... It's worry, often. Yeah, I mean, I think you've really uh, disproved that by saying it's an entire it's worry, often. Yeah, and in fact, saying that, oddly, Tom, I do have another question for you. Okay, yeah. Presumably a uh, very is, closely related one, yeah? It's one I think people listening at home will have heard before, which is just, if we were meat on the inside and skeleton on the outside, but not like in a, in a sort of crabby way, mm-hmm. how do you think that would like be? As in, how would it feel for us? Or how would our civilization have developed? Whatever, whatever you choose. Yeah, just how would, it, how would it be? I mean, I want to just remark on the second point first. One of my rejected questions, which was one that I... Uh, asked secret third member at a museum was this, was recently. Was if we were meat on the inside? No, it was, um, it was, how do you think human history would have been different if we had antlers like deer do? <laughs> so I was going to ask, I was going to ask that. I've been going down a real rabbit hole and um, I think there's some, I mean, some big changes about how we consume calcium and in turn agriculture. You don't think the skeleton on the outside meat on the inside would also change? I don't know, actually. I'm not sure if it would necessarily because I think we'd still have kind of roughly the same amount of bone this isn't based on anything, it's just my intuition. Maybe we'd need to have more calcium, and so maybe there'd be more, there'd be more cow be, farming. Tom? How do I think it would be? Well, I think... How, how would you find well, it? Well, I'd be used to it, wouldn't I? If that, if that was how it had always been, we'd currently be doing a podcast where you were saying, what if we were skeleton on the inside and meat on the outside? And I'd be saying, well, it would That'd just be, be normal, mad. wouldn't it? That would just... No, I'd be saying, well, that would be normal, because that would be the way that we'd always been. Um, and I'd be going, that would be crazy. If... Somebody clicked their thing. If somebody, you know, found a genie and uh, got the said to the genie, I, big if, big if, yeah. Uh, but if they said to the genie, I wish that everybody in the world was meat on the inside and skeleton on the outside, and the genie said, you know what, normally my <laughs> Do you mean norm, what? the genie was like, normally my whole thing is maliciously misinterpreting people's wishes, but honestly, on this yeah. occasion, I think it's best to just run with it. <laughs> and everybody just inverted now. But not in a crabby way. Yeah, not in a crabby but way. Not in a crabby way. Yeah, I do have some questions about exactly what you mean by not in a crabby way, but I think I'm just going to go... Pretty obvious. Okay, yeah. Um, I think if it happened to me now, I'd be under... things as macro. Filled with a sense of understandable consternation and confusion. Then I'd go on the internet and found, find out this has happened to everyone. And then I'd think, um, <laughs> I mean, does it rewire my nervous system? Maybe it I rewires my nervous system. I think you'd not hear screaming. I think, I think you'd hear screaming. I, yeah, I'd probably hear quite a bit of screaming. I think that it would uh, put a lot of other news into proper perspective. 
I think that people would be like, Vladimir you know what, Putin's guys? making peace because... You know what, guys? These by-elections, are they man. too big a deal when compared to the fact that we have now <laughs> all become creatures with meat on the inside and skeleton on the outside? Yeah, it's a good question. Oh, that's, what is that Rishi Sunak saying that? Yeah. <laughs> that's the only way. It's like it's <laughs> that's his new spin. That's like, you know, the Boris Johnson dead cat yeah. thing where yeah. you slam something on the table to distract. Yeah, this would be the mother <laughs> of all Rather than... Rather than reach for actual government, I mean, maybe it's one of them. Maybe it's one of them that found developed the genie. Away. Maybe Oliver Dowden. Yeah, what's what I'm suggesting? Maybe Oliver Dowden found, found the genie than, in yeah. the recesses of Parliament somewhere, <laughs> and was like, rather you know wishing, what, we've we've tried everything else. For like their electoral victory, <laughs> which is still the genie would be like, ooh, I don't know about that. <laughs> genie were like, yeah, I can <laughs> I can maybe get it down to a nine percent polling gap with this, but even then. What's the only thing that could save the Conservative Party from total destruction? I know. What if we were meat on the inside? Nadine, please stop talking. <laughs> Nadine, contribute to go home, please. Okay, well, um, I got a fairly similar question for you. So, um, so David, you're a pet, you're a pet owner. You have a, you're the proud, uh, the proud owner of a hamster. A lovely little hamster. Yep. If you, um, when you were obtaining said hamster, if you had a choice between. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting a hamster with the intelligence and linguistic capabilities of a human or no pet at all, oh. which would you go for? If it's talking hamster or no hamster, basically. Is a, what, a talking hamster? A talking hamster? If you don't know, this is another thing that we're going to reference a lot. Which is... Uh, and I'm not going to explain. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm bleeping that. You'll find that in due course. I'm just going to say, Eric, yeah. I'll let people who know know. Anyway, talking hamster it's, or no it's a, hamster? It's a big question. It's the biggest. It's a big question. Is is this the only talking hamster? Ooh, good question. Uh, does it change? Does it change your answer if it is? Let's start with if it's pretty normal for hamsters to talk. Yeah, right? like thirty percent. Thirty percent. The answer is definitely talk. no. Okay. The answer is definitely no because I don't want a hamster with the intelligence of a human yeah. and the voice of a human. Living in a small cave. I suppose if it's intelligent enough, I could let it roam around. In which case, I guess I could treat it a bit like a cat. But also, it's still a pet. And I'm deeply uncomfortable with the mm. idea of having something that's as intelligent as a human as a pet. Yeah. It would basically be like adopting a sibling. But, but that a sibling happens to be sort of small and tube-shaped. It's like, where's my where's my dinner? Oh, no, okay. It's in there. It's in, near their hips in their pouch. Hamster's pouch just goes all the way back to their hips. I said that'd be weird animal facts. That's, that's a good fact. So I think it would be a really bad idea to own them. But, it, but if, if it was, if the, it was only the only talking hamster ever, you'd be tempted to say you? yes, right? Yeah, because you've got so. you've got to have a, the magic talking hamster. Well, do you think that people would try and take it from you because it was such a marvel? Yeah, would it be I like think, in I Stranger think the Things? U.S. military would. I think it'd be more like in in Marvel series Ms. Marvel. I think it'd be like uh, the X Files. Yeah, I think it would be like in the X-Files Disney Plus series Ms. Marvel, in which their damage control show up to like catch the metahumans. I feel like they would come for me. I don't think it would be like the British... Like, I don't think like a civil servant, like I know, Simon. I think Simon Case is showing up, being like, oh, do, you have a, do you have a hamster? I think Simon Case would do uh, well to we... get in on that, wouldn't he? What, what would he do with it? Don't really know. What would he, what would he do know. with the talking <laughs> hamster? Simon get it to advise on policy. Yeah. I was guessing Nadine Dory shows up with her genie uh, yeah, that won't yeah, talk Yeah, I said to it's her. got the intelligence of a human. I didn't say which human. Could be Nadine. Nadine <laughs> yeah. Dory. Oh, well, that's a no, even if it's the only one. I don't want to hamster with the intelligence of personality of Nadine Dory. I didn't say Dory's. personality. It could have the personality of Michael Phelps oh. and the intelligence of Nadine Dory's and the linguistic capabilities oh, okay. of... okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I don't know. Um, of, who trusts, um, who trusts Oscar Wilde, but Oscar Wilde that says Verily. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think um, in that case, I would say yes, because okay. then uh, I could get the hamster to write some not very good like romance books. And I could, like, what are you saying about Oscar Wilde? Don't worry, I'm talking about Bruno Bruno, whatever Boutros, you said his Boutros, name was. <laughs> former yeah. Secretary General of the United <laughs> Nations. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm... That, I'm referring to him and not Nadine Dorries' yeah. series of romance novels, which I'm kind of now tempted to read. I think the answer would have to be... If it's the only one, yes, because yeah. you gotta you got to own the, gotta the only hamster. hamster. But if, if like other hamsters talk... I would rather not have a hamster. I mean, you didn't specify I couldn't have a different pet. I didn't specify. I, deli- I deliberately didn't specify that. So you... Yeah, so I get a chinchilla. Yeah. I get like a chinchilla and it may be the chinchillas all know arithmetic. Uh, I didn't mention, I didn't mention, yeah, in uh, in this hypothetical, chinchillas, uh, they make the noises of a duck and they can roll oh, a plate. Great. I mean, that's brilliant, you're isn't just it? adding yeah. bonuses. Yeah, I want one of those Yeah, you're not like... And, and, also, and also, they can use knives and will. Like, you know, <laughs> you're going to add stuff like that to make, to make it unpalatable. Or it's just great. A quacking rollerblading chinchilla. Oh, yes, no. no those exist in the Andes, actually. Yeah, or I could get a duck. A duck uh, ducks that make the noises, noises of chinchilla, of chinchilla. and they, um, <laughs> yeah, they roll a skate. Oh, yeah, what's the... What's the difference? Rollerblades are where it's all all of the wheels are in a line. Roller skaters where it's kind of like two by two. Oh, what like the animals in yeah, the Yeah, like how the animals went into Noah's Ark. Yeah. So there are, so all the things can then like the different wheels can breed and make more wheels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> two by two. Hurrah, hurrah. Two by two. Hands of blue. Like in no? popular Doctor Who audio, no. the okay, Ark. Right, yeah. Not, not, not the episode. The yeah, arc. because that's the racist. That's bad, the racist one. But no, no, that's the racist. That's one, one of no, the no, racist no, ones. The audio, <laughs> sorry, the arc. One, that's, <laughs> so yeah, that's one of the racist ones. Correct. No, no, Doctor Who audio the arc, which is direct adaptation of the original draft of the arc in space, which is really weird, very different, and Tom Baker introduces it with like part one and part two, and he's not having the best it, of times. It's time. like. His introduction to part one is like he is being eaten by a lion while recording it. It's so angry. It's like part one. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll post. I'll yeah. insert it here. Doctor Who and the Ark by John Lucarotti. Part one. Wasn't that a thing? <laughs> no. Wasn't that? That a was thing? a thing. Anyway, we yeah, should probably it's, it's wrap bizarre. this interview up. Yeah, you're right. That's probably where we should end the interview. Quickly, before we end, uh, we're going to be doing a bit of news, some occasional news on the podcast. And I want to cover this week what's happened, which is the 14th Doctor Screwdriver Mayhem. Because they announced, so they announced the Screwdriver at San Diego Comic Con for some reason. Hey, listen, I like Doctor Who. Yeah, it's been Not mentioned. massively yeah. excited that there's a new site Screwdriver. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, like, sure. uh, but they put it up for pre-order. Yeah. On the um, on the character options website, right? And so many people went to order it that the website crashed yeah. and was like blocking people for trying to access it too many times. <laughs> and that's amazing because this is. Let me remind you: a pre-order for a sonic screwdriver toy. Yeah. This isn't like oh sick. It's like like when David Tennant came back to Big Finish for the first two times their website was crashing because so many people were going on it. That makes slightly more sense than people ordering a toy of a thing that they have not yet seen on screen. Amazing. Now, let me be clear. 
Capitalism is bad. Because everyone else was trying to get onto this website. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love capitalism, as you're about to discover. Because yep. uh, everyone else was trying to get onto this website. I decided to try and get onto this website. I didn't get blocked. I got put in the queue. And then my friend, who was trying to buy it, said, oh, will you get me one as well? Ah, right. And then he said that. So I, I, I did get him one. And I did get him one as yeah. well. Because I, I yeah. did. I did buy myself one. The, fra- I, I the phrase, like part the of the problem, scarcely covers it, does it? I am, I am part of the problem. Yeah. But it was amazing that it's, it's really it cool, shows isn't you, it? I think, I think it, what it says a lot is, is about Russell's how amazingly he's marketing he's this. Good at, he's very, very good at getting people interested team, in things. Russell, but the whole team, yeah, like they've all, all been doing. Yeah. It's the the amount of like excitement for something that we know so little about, possibly because we know so little about it. It is amazing. It's, yeah, I think so. Is and so I think that's yeah. why I wanted to mention that because yeah. it's just yeah, that's a good bit of news to start off with. Russell must have been sitting there laughing his head yeah. in like a good way, not in like an evil oh, way. Like he must have been laughing his head off. Um, like, oh my God, this crushed the website. <laughs> oh yeah, I do accents too. They're not good, uh, but I do them. I think now you should all have a fairly good measure of us. So Always Foolish is initially going to be a bi-weekly podcast. Uh, there'll be a sort of few episodes dropping straight away, but then we'll be releasing them every two Sundays, and maybe I'll sprinkle in some, you know, big finish reviews, some, maybe we'll do some news of anything major Possibly happens. when the 60th yeah. comes out, we will do something to do with when that. When the 60th, we'll have to maybe cover yeah. them. Thank you very much for listening. Um, if you enjoyed these yeah. interviews and the trailer, then please do listen to some of our actual episodes where we're going to be doing the real podcast yeah. stuff. Share it around, please, as well. Yeah, please. We want to spread the yep. positivity we want we want a lot of people to listen to this and we also would like to do as little work in publicizing it as possible so if other people could just sort of do that for <laughs> us that would be amazing yeah um, that is true yeah if you also want to we do have a, a shadowy organization to do that for us to be fair yeah, okay yeah by organization we mean mysterious mysterious third member mysterious lurker yeah, yeah mysterious lurker in the darkness but yes bye bye